The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon subscribers. Find out more about how you can listen to The Sunranto Show early and ad-free at patreon.com slash sunranto. Enjoy the show. Cubby blue blood flood through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old self beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable loser. Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable losers. Sunranto. Hey everybody, or as Ramos Ramirez would say Hello, the Son Santos show, the Chicago Cubs, 69 best postcat Take care Welcome to our podcast, my name is Danny Rocket over there is Crawley, um, and drinking his Club 400 beer. I'm actually doing water tonight. I got my Soleil Blood Orange flavored. I tied it on pretty good with Bleacher Jeff out on the porch watching that uh, mostly 0-0 game um, with Southside Mikey, our drummer and White Sox fan. Uh, had a great time, but I must admit I got I got pretty lit up. So now, today is, <laughs> today's a water day. And uh, you, you know, you know how that goes, drunks of the world. Um, and uh, I have no idea where Michael Cotton is. I, I don't know if he forgot. I, I hope everything's okay. Because I mean, you just—we've been texting all day in a text thread, and he just never was on that. So maybe he lost his phone. Maybe his fence blew over again. <laughs> and, He's just you know, holding it up right now. Yeah, yeah. He, He's he just out there. <laughs> so. Um, all right, where, where do you want to start here? Let's let's talk about uh, some Cubs. Uh, I mean, first of all, I thought it was a little uncanny. Uh, you know, it, very low-scoring games, except for, you know, the one game. But I'm not even going to count. If you strip away that inning, it all would have been a pretty uh, low-scoring series with, if you strip away the eight-run eighth of game one. But look at the Cubs in May. All right, I'm going to put this up real quick. They're winning all these one-run ball games. They right at the first of May, they beat Cincinnati uh, three to two. Then they beat the Dodgers in that sweep four to three and six to five. They beat Pittsburgh three to two twice, uh, four to two against uh, Detroit, we, uh, and then five to one. So forget about Detroit. But then uh, D, uh, DC doesn't count. But then the two, the the one run. Uh, game here against uh, last night against St. Louis. Like they're they're playing in a lot of tight games, and um, you know they they've been coming on top. They're six and three in one run games, which I know that's a small sample size, but that's a really good winning percentage. And if you're winning those games and losing the stinkers, I kind of like 
how that looks for us. And um, especially if you're coming up on top of the, I mean, we should have won on Saturday too. If the bats right. would have showed up even a little bit, you, you went on Saturday, but like, I'm just super excited about winning those tight games. Cause I'd rather win those and lose the stinkers. Yeah, the bullpen has been absolutely on fire, and I don't know if anyone could have predicted that that bullpen would have been as good. You know, it's, bullpens are unpredictable just in their nature, and 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 you know, usually you sit there and you came into the season, you knew Kimbrel, you had no idea what was happening, anything before Kimbrel. David so, says uh, bullpen hasn't given up a run since last Saturday in Detroit. Thanks for reminding us, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we were sitting by that. We were sitting in that bullpen, basically. Maybe it's our fault. <laughs> yeah, no, wait, they won the next day. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's a, it, when you have that bullpen and it's coming together, um, you know, the way that it is, it's, you hope they can ride that as long as they can and, and keep going and the, that the bats, you know, start to do a little bit more than what they have. It's not that they're bad. It's, it's just, you know, this was a tough series and uh, – Look, it's never easy to play St. Louis. And, uh, you know, we put a teaser on Twitter today talking a little bit. You were pretty confident going into the series. Uh, Michael and I, not so much. A um, couple reasons is the Cubs just generally this season have not been a good road team. And St. Louis, they hadn't played there. Last person to strike out a batter in St. Louis was Ben Zobrist. <laughs> Marquis put that out. And so, you know, they haven't played there in a while. It, it, it was two weird times. It was a night game on Saturday and a night game on Sunday. So, you know, those odd times and, and put it together with their – and then I didn't like the matchup with Wainwright, and I was right on one. And luck, But what I didn't expect is that St. Louis couldn't hit Davies or the bullpen. Yeah. Exactly. It was, uh, I mean, nobody hit really the entire series. The Cardinals didn't hit, the Cubs didn't hit except for that one inning. You know, there was, it, it was, it's just kind of what we've seen, but I, I just like that it was these, these tight games that you end up on the top of it. You know, last night, it's funny, Artie brings up in the chat, he says, uh, that I didn't even know who won the game after the game. Yeah, I believe that's true because that was just, they were knotted at zero for nine complete innings. And then you finally get into clown ball at the end. Javi didn't even need to hit it over the fence to get that run home, but he, he did anyway after uh, A-Rod was complaining about, you know, his free swinging ways and how he strikes out all the time. Javi shut them the hell up and put one over the fence. It's like, you know, those kind of moments I feel like, when you lose the tight games, that's heartbreaking to the Cardinals, which makes me a, a lot happier. I agree it didn't line up like it was gonna, uh, you know, like it was gonna look good for the Cubs, but hey, man, uh, I just had a feeling. I, I, you know, I just had a feeling about that, this series that they were ready to, to overtake or, you know, make a run at the top of the division. And, you know, they were already in second place. They had to win at their back a little bit, you know, after, um, you know, the series in Detroit. And then, uh, you know, I just, I felt good about it. I, I just had a feeling and they, they did not disappoint. Well, we were and talking they, and about they beat the DC too. Yeah. We were, we were talking about the bullpen and there has been a lot of roster moves lately. Most of it having to do with injuries, which makes more impressive that the Cubs are doing so well. Uh, Justin Steele, who is, who's been one of those, you know, just unsung heroes that has really, you know, kind of, kind of came in and really been impressive out of the bullpen. He's on the 10 day IL with right hamstring. Uh, the corresponding move was Brad Week was recalled. So Steele on that play where he was running the bases pulled a hamstring, which is horrible. He's in uh, Illinois. Illinois. 
<laughs> just <laughs> Jason Adam. This was a weird one. I, Jason Adam has been up a little bit. wasn't that great. And then I saw him um, when I was with Brian Smith at the uh, Alt Cubs versus Alt Sox game. He didn't look that great either. But they have high hopes for him. But he dislocated his left ankle, shagging fly balls. Like you, I don't know if he was doing like the Soriano hop or something, but he's on the IL. Sounds like just a freak accident. Yep. Uh, Alec Mills, you remember, had some issues. That was after the Detroit series that we saw him. He gave up some runs. He didn't look good and had some lower back issues. Uh, he had a rehab start in Iowa, but it wasn't that great. 1.2 innings, uh, 51 pitches, gave up five runs on seven hits. Cool. The Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by Take Line. Sports, culture, takes. Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear Take Line every Tuesday wherever you get your pods. Speaking of Tuesdays, did you know that the Sunranto Show has a live interactive show on the Locker Room app every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central? Well, we do. Uh, what's the Locker Room app, you ask? Well, uh, let me tell you. It's a free app. Right now, it's only for iPhone users. And what you should do is go download it and then follow Sunranto Show. And when you do, you can be alerted as to when we go live. Uh, we'll do post-game breakdowns over there. Uh, there's uh, debates. There's parties. There's breaking news. It's all through the Locker Room app. It's kind of like Clubhouse, but it's Locker Room. And, uh, hey, we got a show, so you're going to be interested in it. So join us Tuesdays at 6 p.m. We've got a different topic each week. We already did, like, most hated Cubs players of all time. We did unpopular Cubs stakes. It's a fun conversation. Last week, we just talked while the game was on, and that was fun. So download the Locker Room app, hang out with us, and, um, hey, back to this show. Trevor Meagle, if you remember Meagle, he's at, he's really tall, throws really hard. And he came in, a game looked really good, but then had uh, uh, some forearm issues. He's uh, He threw some live BP in Iowa. Uh, Jake Marisnik, we know, will eventually need a rehab assignment for his yeah. hamstring. And then Hayward uh, did some light agility workouts. But I want to bring this up really quick here is that, you know, I know there's there, there's the Jason Hayward. There's a lot of people that love him. And I remember we had a roundtable where uh, Neil Williamson kind of went to task on it. But is the best lineup right now with uh, – the way that everything's playing right now is the best lineup jock and left uh, Ian Happ at center and Chris Bryant at right. Yeah, it is right now. It is. And, you know, I don't know. It, it kind of stinks that, you know, Hayward, I think he's the most highly paid person on the team and you're going to end up what platooning him against righties, I guess, if you want or giving, or when you want to give somebody a day off, it's, I mean, it's really a shame, but he's getting crowded out of this outfield in a way. You know, because you're trying – well, with Duffy hurt, because Duffy came out of a game the other day. Uh, now, he's not technically in Illinois right now, right? Duffy Correct. is just like a day-to-day -day situation. So, But he was tearing the cover off the ball and, and slapping the hits all over the place when he was up. So when he's back, see, the, the odd man out to me as you slide everybody around, 
is Bodie. Just <laughs> not a fan. I don't really get why he plays so much, and uh, except for injuries. And, um, you know, but I agree, man. If, if Hayward comes back, I mean, you definitely don't want him up against lefties, although he tends to hit them okay. You know, it, I don't know. It's sad. You wonder which way this team is heading as far as, I mean, they're right there. They're in striking distance of first place. What are they, a game out? They're two games back behind, two the, games. behind the Cardinals, yeah. Okay. So you're right there. So, I mean, you're getting the season's end of May, right? So you're two months in. You're right there. And we look and, you know, trade season is coming. And they, you know, that's, they wouldn't shut up about it on the game last night. You know, they, you know, they, everybody, Chris Bryant's been traded to everybody at this point. Everybody in contention has Chris Bryant as their third baseman right now. So you're like, all right, what exactly are they going to do if, as they shuffle things around? But right now, I agree, man. It's like, let Hayward take his time. And, um, because Jocks looked good up at the top of the lineup too. He hasn't looked good on his upper lip. I'll say, <laughs> the, the at the t- he's a good leadoff hitter, not a good uh, mustache grower, I don't think. But um, you you don't you don't like the little hairy caterpillar he's got going on. Uh, I mean, how old is that guy? He's, yeah, look at that thing. It's like he's you not really, you really got to get in. close to the computer screen to check it out. Even. Yeah, it's not even coming in the same color as his hair. <laughs> like you know, that's like his leg hair color or something. Like this is not right. I don't know what's going on with that. He needs some just for men, or just pencil that thing in. So, well, uh, the, the good, the good also, thing is, how about Wilson? Is he okay? Uh, you know, only time's gonna tell. I mean, thank God we had a day off today. You know what I mean? Like, cause that thing's gonna have to swell up. There's no doubt. If you missed the game last night, well. Consider yourself lucky if you didn't have to listen to A-Rod and Matt Vasijian, Vaksajian, whatever the fuck. He, he sucks. They suck. They're horrible. But Wilson uh, was crossed up on a pitch and took one right off the wrist, and that looked like it hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. And it's just like – and he's like really the spark – Well, you know, one of the main spark plugs of your offense. And, you know, it, let's put it this way. It's like it drops off pretty heavily when you go back up catcher land. When you look at the PJ Higgins of the world, it's not like when you had Caratini and you're like, oh, all right, this will be okay. You know, Caratini can hit, he can, he can play, but you know, you, we don't even know what we have with Higgins really. Yeah. Um, Nick, Nick G puts it at 98.7 on the wrist. So that, that, oh. that that's got to hurt, but uh, you know, the whole Sunday night baseball thing, I understand they pay a lot for it, but it is just torture. Yeah. You can do the Pat and Ron thing and, and and honestly, I, I like listening to Pat and Ron a lot anyway. So sometimes I listen to them even when the game's on and, you know, whatever. But if you, you know, it, it's, uh, it's difficult to kind of, to kind of just listen to as a fan. It's just like, these guys are just the worst. Yeah. I mean, Vaskersian sounds like a video game now to me because he does the, the show, you know, MLB, the show he's on there. And I'm, and so he doesn't even sound like a real person to me. He sounds like a fake person. <laughs> and then a rod is just unlistenable, you know, and they just, you know, the same old tired kind of uh, tropes about the team over and over and over the themes. And I'm surprised they don't bring up the damn goat anymore. You know what I mean? It's annoying. And, uh, but I mean, I'm mostly listening with the sound up, but I watched the, uh, condensed game today, you know, yeah. on the MLB app. And I couldn't even stand that. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like I was, I was seven minutes was all that was asked to me. And I was like, Oh, shut this thing off. Aaron is just the guy that just doesn't seem to get it. You know what I mean? It's just like, you just look at him and you're like, dude, what are you doing? It's like, what's wrong with you? I, I again, I, I brought this up on the show before I was baffled because in the Cubs playoff runs in, in what, 15 and 16, they just had, they had him and Frank Thomas and Pete Rose and I can't remember who, I can't remember who else, but they were, they were, they weren't bad on there. And he brought up some really good points, some interesting points. And then all of a sudden it goes into, you know, now you got him in a whole broadcast. It's like, you just want to, you know, hit your ear with a, with a ice pick. I mean, it's just, you're yeah. going to burst your eardrums. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, his voice is bad too. It's just you don't want to. He just sounds like a a freaking doof, and it's and I don't know. It's hard to take seriously. Um, well, l- let's talk about. Why don't we talk about the loss first, and then we'll talk about the two wins. It's like, so here's the game two. They they really didn't hit much. You know, five hits, uh, and they went one for seven uh, with risk. But I was pretty disappointed because you had Mikolas out there. His freaking arm breaks in the middle of the game. <laughs> then you throw out a bullpen guy. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, who cares? Uh, oh, and I, I wrote it down. Uh, where was it? Uh, not uh, De La Cruz. Not De La Cruz, the other guy. Um, Ponce de Leon. Ah. They put out Ponce de Leon with an 8 ERA, and you don't touch him either. And you're like, come on now. Mikolas, he is – I was sitting there painting my hallway listening to this game, and they, they just kept talking about his velocity going down. He started out as 91-92, which was slow for him, if you recall, what he used to do in 2019. He's like – was more like 95-96. And then, so the, and then he, by the end, he was like throwing 89-88. And then his like arm went dead, and they brought him out of the game. And yet you only manage five, and then you can't get anything off the five ERA guy or nine ERA guy, and you only get five hits. I mean, uh, yeah, a strikeout eleven times off that garbage? You kidding me? And and you know the one thing, and you saw it especially in game one of the series, but that bullpen walks a lot of people, and and it's like you just it was it was a frustrating game, and and you know, boy. You know, you seem you don't want Mikolas to be injured. You don't want to ever wish that on any of your opponents, but he really gives the Cubs fits. And so he, you know, he, he wasn't going a long time anyway. It was his first start back. But you're thinking, okay, he's out of the game, and and now now go to town, and they just didn't. They never did shit. And then and, and then it's a shame because then Alzali had a great game. You know, he makes. Uh, I guess one one big mistake, which was the home run to Yachty. <clears throat> Because he just kind of was that an that was like an O two slider that he left over the plate, you know. It's like high, and he didn't miss it. Yachty shanks it down the left field corner, and it's gone. But come on, the two runs, seven innings, six strikeouts, only gave up five hits. He he looked great. That was like one of his best games by far that that Alzali's ever pitched. Keegan Thompson comes in, you know, does his inning, doesn't give up anything except for a hit, and then so you're looking good. He gives up the. The what the double, and then they knocked him in. Um, oh no, the tr- the triple in the fifth, two out triple. Yeah, the triple was the, the was the first run, Edmundo and that was Sosa. So right, yeah, and that's the hard thing is, can you ever hear of a guy? It's one again, one of those made up Cardinals players, and then not only to insult us, they they steal his our, our name of Sammy Sosa. You know what I mean? Yeah, ninety eight. I I do like that name Edmundo though. It's a good name. 
Yeah, it was frustrating, and and like you said, the frustrating thing is Alzelay pitched so well, he makes one mistake, of course, the, the corpse of Yadier Molina, and then what irritates me the most is those goddamn fans are sitting there ch- giving him a standing ovation oh, until he, he comes out to give the tip of the hat uh, for scoring, for hitting a home run in a in the seventh inning of a tie game in May. Yeah, I know they just they uh, they're just irritating, and uh, the the uh, another made up cardinal, the guy who hit in Sosa, Lane Thomas. I'm like, who? So they that was just like a surgical little strike that they made, and uh, I mean, also Edmundo Sosa. What the hell's he doing going to third anyway? You know what I mean? Like, there's two outs. You know, you get yourself in a scoring position, you're going to make the third out at third base for no reason. You know what I mean? I like, think, you know, the funny thing though is, is that they caught Chris Bryant off guard on that one. I uh, he did they, he did not think they were going to be going and. and you know, it's a lesson. You know, it's, uh, uh, Brian hasn't played. Uh, I mean, this year he's played a lot of outfield, but you know, frustrating. Not a great tag by who was over there, Duffy. Yeah, yeah. It was that Duffy playing third. Yeah, it was, and that's the the game he got removed from. I think, right? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, anything else? I mean, that game was just kind of uh, tight, and you know, he came up on the wrong side of it. I just can't believe we didn't hit uh, an injured Michaelis and a guy with an ADRA. That was frustrating. And then, I mean, the other game would have been was basically four to three until the eight uh, in game one, four to three until <laughs> the eighth inning, and they just put up a big old crooked number of eight. And um, I mean, that, that game was started. Fun. That game started. I mean, the series started great. First pitch of the series, Jock Peterson hits over the wall, comes waiting one nothing, and uh, they didn't look back. That was a bit of a seesaw battle. They kept tying it up or you know, get back in the game. How pissed off everybody about Carlos Martinez? It's like, dude, if you can't throw, if you don't, can't control your pitches, don't throw inside. I mean, how many guys did he hit in that game? Like four or five? God, I don't, I don't know. Was it? Was it? Yeah, that many? It, was a, it was a lot. Um. Yeah. It's yeah, and he. I mean, that was his first start in a long time. He's been pitching out of the bullpen mostly, and they didn't have anybody. That's why, like, we did the card when we did the Cardinals preview. Um, it, you know, we we had the pitching matchups all wrong for the preview because we did it like two days before with Dennis, and uh, you know, so then they end up like pulling uh, Carlos Martinez out of out of the uh, the hospital where he's been hospitalized with m- massive amounts of STDs that he's been <laughs> spreading all, all over the greater St. Louis area. And, uh, you know, they pull him out and then, um, you know, he pitched pretty well against us. You know, ultimately it, it wasn't his fault. They lost. It was their shitty bullpen's fault that they lost when the wheels came off in the, in the eighth. But, um, you know, it, it, there was, um, you know, there, there was a little bit of, this was kind of a sloppy game. I felt like some of these runs were, you know, I, I, I'm not every time Bodie just because it's like you know, com, uh, you know, bias confirmation is like every time he does something crappy, you know, like picking up <laughs> that ball and throwing it away, uh, you, you know that that's it makes an error like that. You know, you know that when he um, it was a slow grounder and he he, he barehanded it and just threw it like you know nine feet away from Rizzo like. Things like that, you know, it was kind of frustrating. Then, then there was a Hap and right after it where they scored on, which, like, Hap – and, I mean, I, I don't know if Horner was, like, frightened to be running out there after he got yeah. freaking clocked by Hap last time. So both of them – it looked like the same play. And I'm like – and both of them kind of – and neither one of them got to the ball uh, 
uh, Hap got a glove on the ball, should have caught it. That was Hap's ball. So, like, or I mean, right? Really, and, and, and had it. That was clearly into that was clearly uh, Hap's ball. And you know, one of the things is, yeah, you probably do get nervous after that collision that they had against Cincinnati. But the thing that frustrates you is that Hap has got to call Nico off. That that's Hap's ball. So he kind of let Nico call him off, and that was the mistake. Is by the time Hap's like, oh shit, then the ball just drops and it sucks. Yeah, it's just totally bad communication. Um, so that was like stuff like that was frustrating. And then like you know, I'm gonna pick on Bodie a little bit more, but like <laughs> you know, he he left the bases loaded. He hits into a double play with two on. Uh, you know, they scr- Cub scratched out a few, and like Jock Peterson has had pretty good game. You know, knocked in Horner on a sack fly. Two of the the two of it, uh, two of the runs were knocked in by Jock like early in the game, and um, y- you know, K- Yachty with the error, you love to see it throwing the ball away. Uh, Horner taking third and scoring. You know, at that point when the when the ball gets away from error, Nado, um. You know, and they were they were hitting it pretty good. Like KB almost homered in that game. It was like, ended up being a, a long, long double hit off the top of the wall. But then the Cubs eighth, you know, not they walked a shit ton, uh, and uh, they walked in a couple runs in that inning, I think. And then uh, the other thing, though, they ran into a ton of outs. Two of the outs in that inning were um, were they were on the base paths, one at home and one at second, which I was like, all right, I like the aggressiveness, but. You know, score. You know, be smart about it. And I don't know if that was like we've talked about it before, where it seems like Wilson Contreras sometimes mistaken his uh, ability to run with Javi Bias. Like Javi can get away with some of that, you know, craziness because he's super fast, super athletic. And not saying Wilson isn't, but but again, there's one Javi Bias that can pull off some of that stuff, and Wilson Contreras really cannot. Yeah, and I'm not going to complain about an eight-run inning and not scoring nine, you know. But uh, you know, I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Just like, you know, you're already winning by a bunch, and maybe that's a little unwritten rule stuff going on there when you're just pouring it on, which I don't mind doing to anybody. Like, just keep taking your base. But you know, it just was a little bit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it's annoying. Don't run into outs on the bases. I hate that. You know, you know what was more annoying was game three. We talked about it a little bit. The offense, absolute Wainwright, absolutely had the Cubs number, and we'll talk about the umpire. But I'm sorry, I mean, like that was just bad. They just couldn't even, they couldn't hit him with an oar. Is really where we were with three that. hits. They got all right. night long. Um, one of them being Javier Baez's home run, and one of their runs didn't even get on base <laughs> you know, by hitting the ball or even taking it at bat. They got on base by making the third out of the inning before. <laughs> you know, and so they got on base, and so yeah, it was a rough, uh, rough night for the Cubs. They struck out ten times as well, as far as but you know they ended up winning and. You know, Davies has had a nice May. He's not pitching deep into games like, you know, but maybe that's good. You know, don't let him hit that order third time through. He gave up four hits, three walks, got his ERA under five. And then the bullpen was lights out, except for, you know, uh, even Kimbrell, you know, get, I guess that run is charged him. But Well, it's not charged him because it's not earned. But that, the only run they scored was, you know, that run um, in the 10th of the fake second base runner, but no, man, it's just like, you got to hand to the bullpen, shut, keep shutting them down, dancing out of the fire. Uh, that double play, 
uh, was pretty cool. The was was that in game three? The Horner, yeah, the four six double the, play. The Cardinals left. Uh, they had bases loaded, zero outs, oh, and yeah. and it felt like it was great to see it happen to another team, especially the Cardinals. You know what I mean? Usually it's the uh, the Cubs that have that zero, you know, bases loaded, no outs, and they can't score a run. So to see the Cardinals, like I was just waiting them for all of a sudden one, you know, some guy named Schleppy McFlippy to to hit a stupid duck snort and all of a sudden score three runs and and well, get another standing ovation, but they never did. And Tapera is is the one out there, and you know he, that shouldn't have been that situation because they got the force out at third base twice. And it was not called. He was called safe at third base. Um, and because of that, Tapera gets an error because, and Bodie had his foot on the base. It's one good thing that Bodie did all weekend. And, uh, Bodie had his foot on the base, caught that ball, uh, and then tagged the runner as well on the foot. Blind umpire doesn't see it, doesn't see any of it. He's called safe. Then that's how you end up even in that situation. Right. And the Cubs had already previously used their challenge because of a stupid play. It was Martini who thought he beat out a throw to first and like something that was completely inconsequential. They burned their, uh, burned their challenge and they couldn't challenge that play at third. Yeah. So, you know, you just stuck with no challenge. I mean, look, you know, all's well that ends well, but you know, that was pretty annoying. And you know, the umpiring, as you said, at home plate, Ross gets tossed from this one for after a, like a super low strike on Chris Bryant. I mean, that was, I mean, that, that hit his shoelaces. I think, you know, that was almost a hit by pitch on his shoelaces. I mean, that was so low. The Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action as the MLB, NBA, and NHL are in full swing. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by Kansas City Stakes. You work hard and you play hard, so treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD, like Sam David, or Sports Drink, at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with the family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strips, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house. This summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. KansasCitySteaks.com, code 
SSD. Back to the show. And Let's talk about, though, the umpire. Oh, Eric Bacchus was absolutely horrid. And he actually got better as the game went on. So that's how it tells you how bad he was. So if you guys don't check, uh, follow at Ump Scorecard, I look at it every morning and kind of just retweet because he, he, they retweet every single uh, game that played. And so it's interesting to kind of learn more about these umpires. But I know, number one, Eric doesn't know how to spell Eric, or his parents didn't. And then... Eric. <laughs> Eric, Eric, Bacchus, Bacchus, Bacchus. A lot of of chuzz there. The accuracy yesterday, the the major league average for umpires is they're right 94% of the time. That's the average, okay? He was at 88, and in the first half of the game, he was at 85%. That means he was getting 15% of the pitches wrong. I mean, that's that's a lot. Yeah, and And he's he's 30, and he's a rookie. This is his first year in in the league. And it's funny because we've always talked a little bit about like, you know, you got all these old guys like C.B. Buckner and, and Joe West about to umpire the most games out of any ump in history. I think is that tonight or tomorrow, you know, all these things. And, and you get this young kid out there and, oh, my God, his consistency was at 91%. So that means that the zone was moving. Take a look right here at the missed calls. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of goddamn pitches to be wrong about. Yeah, it is, and and it and then Ross gets tossed, so he's got a pretty quick hook on him. I but I I understand you don't you cannot argue balls and strikes ever. It's like the law, the biggest rule of the game, because I don't know why specifically. Probably because it would just take forever if you, you know if you argued ball and people argue balls and strikes all the time. There's just a way to do it and a way not to do it. Ross probably that was not the first thing he said that night. It was just Oh no, the, he was chirping the whole game. I mean it was it was bad. And so what was frustrating the Cubs and was frustrating Ross, and again, when I put this up here about the ump scorecard, is okay, you're doing a shitty job calling the game, but be shitty on both sides. And that's not what was happening, is Wainwright was getting the calls and Davies wasn't. And so I want to say on the on the play that Ross got tossed, Davies threw a pitch that was given to Wainwright the previous inning and, 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 you know, uh, Ross pitched about it when it happened to when Wainwright threw it, he's like, that's not a fucking strike. And then all of a sudden, uh, Davies throws the exact same pitch and it's called a ball and, and Ross just went off and that was it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, what are you going to do? It's like this guy, we've never heard of him. He's probably umped for a decade or more in the minors or college and all all of that. You know, I don't know, you know, what training these guys go through. Probably lots of it. Maybe he just had a bad night. I mean, he got the job somehow. Now, I wonder if there's a – I know the umpires union is strong. But you've, we've seen a lot of these guys, you know, like – hang around and suck for a long time because they can't get rid of them. So, like, is it the kind of thing that once you join the umpire's union, it's hard to get rid of? And, like, we're going to be talking about this idiot for the next 50 years if we even live that long? Can you imagine? I'm, like, (laughs) 97 years old being, like, freaking Eric Bacchus, 80 years old, still out there umpiring. (laughs) That blind son of a bitch has been blind since he was 30. Are you kidding me? So. It's brutal. And like I said, for that to be on national TV that everybody could kind of see it and just be like, what the fuck was going on? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully there's a way to like grade these guys or train them to get better because, 
you know, to give them some virtual well, reality. Th- there, there are consequences, and that's where Angel Hernandez tried to sue MLB. Uh, <laughs> he claimed uh, he claimed racial discrimination, and MLB's like, "Look, dude, you didn't grade really well, so we're not going to have you doing you know World Series games. It's just not happening." And so there are consequences for being a shitty ump, is you don't get the, the kind of the prime uh, games, which would be more pay and stuff like that. So there is consequences to it. So yeah. Well, and then uh, what I love about that story is that, uh, you know, Angel Hernandez lost that case because MLB proved the point that he actually was officially and legally a shitty umpire (laughs) (laughs) and and he was not discriminated against. He actually is terrible. So, um, well, oh, and another fun thing that happened in this game uh, is uh, Kimbrell took it at bat. And I don't know if you saw that our good friend uh, Matt Kammerer was at the game. And there's there's some clamor. I te- was texting with Matt, and he said, um, I said, dude, people want to hear your story. Uh, here's Matt sitting with Kimbrell's dad in a luxury box at Bush Stadium. Matt's from down near St. Louis. Uh, dude, Kimbrell's dad looks like a roadie for uh, Pantera. You know, I mean, <laughs> and I'm like, what is this serious? And, and it makes total sense, right? I mean, first of all, Kimbrel's dad looks like doesn't he's he even, not our age. Doesn't he look like he's hunched over getting ready to do that pterodactyl thing? He does. He does. And uh, <laughs> maybe that's who we learned it from. It's an homage to his father. But, like, look at our friend Matt out there with Kimbrel's dad. And uh, everybody wants to hear the stories of what happened um, in uh, in that box uh matt says he's a wild man so hopefully we can get him on the show at some point i even invited him tonight i said come on down we can talk uh, our friend you. stanley mitchell said the umpire whose uh record joe west is breaking worked like five thousand games behind home plate back in those days only two umpires to the game wow um who was that darren o'day wasn't there yet wasn't that the most famous umpire of all time back in the day I remember, but I don't O'Day. think that's the record. I don't think that's the record that he's breaking. People weren't even named Darren that much back then. That's pretty. It's pretty uh, exciting for Darren. Probably the only Darren from 1930s. So uh, wasn't there one on Bewitched? There was two on Bewitched. Yeah, but that's in the 60s. Actors. Yeah, yeah, two, oh, okay. two, two Darrens. So uh, now we got the Pirates, and. Um, I mean, they're supposed to suck, but, uh, you know, they, and they have sucked this year. They're 18 and 28. They're in fifth place. But the sad thing about it is, is that, uh, four of those 18 wins are against the Cubs and they've beaten the Cubs four out of nine times, but that's back in April when we sucked. Um, they're negative. Just, so you, just real quick, uh, Joe West is breaking the umpired record of Bill Clem. Five thousand three seventy five. All right. See you later, Clem. You're in the rear view now. So yeah, no one uh, remembers second place. So, uh, but we'll all remember Joe West. That's for sure. Uh, so yeah, Pirates. They've they've uh, won about a quarter of their games against the Cubs. So that's annoying. We've already played them nine times, and so nine this one- times. Yeah, after this, we only have six more games with the freaking Pirates. It's ridiculous. So their negative 78 run differential is the worst in the major leagues. Yet they managed to outscore the Cubs 36 to 30 in the nine times game, um, nine games. And here's their offense. I'm going to put it up um, real quick. 
uh, it's it's not good. A- Adam Frazier is probably uh, their best hitter. Uh, he plays second baseman, and uh, he's got 858 OPS, but only one home run. Uh, so it's just hitting for average, and you know everybody else is just pretty bad. You know they're they're the their leader. They have a bunch of guys tied for four home runs, including the injured Colin Moran, who maybe I guess could be back. He's on the ten day. Um, Polanco four home runs, Stallings four home runs, and Brian Reynolds four home runs, and so they they don't hit home runs like they don't score runs that much. Um, they both, uh, but recently. Uh, they've been really terrible. They actually were okay in April. They were 12 and 13 in April. And then the wheels fell off. And they've losing been- Colin Moran. I mean, like, okay, Key Brian Hayes is obviously their best player. There's no doubt. But if you, you know what I mean? So think about like. 60 day DF with him. They're not, he's not right. back till June. Right. And so, uh, you know, I'm just looking at this and saying to myself, okay, Colin Moran is like Mr. Steady. He's the guy that like may not be the flashiest, but he's like the most consistent as far as the pirates getting things done. Yeah. And yeah, no, so he's gone and now they got, I forget who they put out there the other day, but I'd never heard of him. So it's just some rookie um, from triple a and yeah, here's their offense. Oh no, Will Craig. That's who they put out there at first base. Um, So uh, yeah, I'm putting it back up. Yeah. Everybody's pretty much terrible. You know, I, I don't see how the Cubs can't, beat this team but for whatever reason they can't do it uh, as you just said key brian is gone till june at least moran could be and it, what's funny is that both those guys hurt each other in games against the cubs right and yet and yet they beat us so it's like all confusing and um i looked at who played on sunday uh their left fielder ildemaro vargas so we <laughs> lost him and apparently he plays left field now, now that he's a pirate. Never I don't think we saw that with the Cubs. Maybe one time we saw him in the outfields. Yeah, you know, they, they they seem to like to be uh picking the Cubs off different Cubs off the scrap heap. So here's another one. So we'll see what happens. I mean yeah. I get to me that has been the most frustrating part of the, the this whole season. I think Dominic uh Galoro was talking about it earlier. April was a tough month on the schedule, but you had a lot of games against the Pirates. So you needed to really kind of make some hay there. May, the schedule has been easier. And then I think June to me is one of the toughest months of their schedule. I, so it, it's, you know, August, September, not too bad. But I'm just looking at this saying to myself, you got to, you got to, you know, get these wins against the Pirates. You can't just keep taking, you can't lose a series to them and you can't go, you know, two and three the whole time. There should be some sweeps in there. Yeah, well, at this point, if you've got to sweep this one, you know, because you're only, what are you, five and four versus them right now. Eight and four looks a little better. I mean, you wish it was a little bit more crooked than that. You're not going to face them again till the end of the year. So it's just, you know, come on. You know, so you you had to make hay and you didn't. And, you know, now you're just going to w- be wishing you had those games back. But, yeah, when you, you look at uh, when you look at June – now you're facing right away San Diego and San Francisco and then San Diego again. I mean, these are top teams. Then you got St. Louis again and the Mets who are right up there. Um, then you got to face Cleveland and Miami and the Dodgers. And, you know, it's just like June is a tough, tough month. And, um, 
Wyatt also points out that the Padres, Giants, and Dodgers are all, all on, the, on road. the road. Yeah, yep. and you know, and everybody knows how those West Coast road trips go. Not only do we lose lots of sleep, but we lose lots of sleep watching losses. Oftentimes, we're staying up till two in the morning to watch them lose four to three in extras. You know, it's just terrible. Um, at least I'm seeing that the San Francisco and the Dodgers series are on weekends, so it'll be easier to stay up late. And watch some of these. Um, I was I was actually going to go. I was going to do a road trip to uh, San Diego. Not road trip. I was going to fly out to San Francisco, catch two games there, and go to uh, San Diego. But the the clubhouse is running. The Crawley's clubhouse is running up some expenses right now. So I cut the trip and decided to go to Detroit with you instead. Yeah, big mistake. So (laughs) uh, oh, I had a good time. So, and, you know, they shouldn't be scoring any runs. That's for sure. I mean, they're, they're second to last in OPS. They're last in home runs. Uh, they're, they're slightly below average. They don't take a lot of walks. They're about average there, but they don't strike out much, which is a, which is a fearful thing because they like to poke it around and that's how they beat you. They just poke it around looking for holes. And, you know, when they find the holes, they could scratch out some runs. And if the Cubs don't score up there, Average pitching. See, that's the thing is their pitching is kind of average. So it's like if they run into a good game here and there and can, you know, scratch out some runs, that's just how they beat us. It's so annoying. They have, But they've scored the second fewest runs in Major League Baseball. Yeah, they've managed four, um, four against us. One interesting thing I saw is the Cubs are now fourth in stolen bases. It's kind of been sitting there. I know. Who would have thought? I never would have predicted that at the beginning of the year. Um, and then, as, as I said, they're pitching, you know, overall, their team ERA is bad. It's near five. Cubs are at four, uh, 399 to be exact, just under four. Um, but in the Cubs, they have the fourth best pen ERA wise with a 302 earned run average. Uh, they've, but it's the funny thing about it, we have the third most walks out of our pen and the second most strikeouts. So it's Walker strikeout, uh, two true outcomes. Because um, the sixth fewest homers for the Cubs, too. So, like, if you're wondering why the Pens been lights out, it's because they're walking the dudes that they don't want to face. Nobody's hitting home runs when they're on base, and they're striking out everybody else. That's that's the MO of the Chicago Cubs bullpen. And as far as the Bucks go, comparatively, they're average in all categories. So, like, when you get to that bullpen, if they've got a lead, they've got some dudes that can protect it. So, you just want to you want to jump out early. You want to put up a shit ton of runs in the in the first few innings, and just and then they're gonna throw garbage time. Like, like, look at this. Look at their bullpen. Look at the Pirates bullpen. Wilmer Defoe took an inning, gave up eight runs, and they just left his ass out there. That's how you know. That's how this is going for uh, you know for some of these guys, but like you'll see if they're losing, you'll see Kyle Keller or Sean Poppin with their ERAs or <laughs> Luis Oviedo with their ERAs around seven or eight. But if they can, if they think they can win the game, you're gonna see David Bednar with a three twelve or Chris Stratton. Uh, Dwayne Underwood's fallen off a little bit. He's taken the most innings out of anybody in the pen, but he's now got an ERA in the mid in the mid fours. So, I mean, they've got really shitty guys who they're probably trying to develop. And then they got at the end of it all, they got Richard freaking Rodriguez, who's given up one run all year in 19 innings. So if the game gets to him and they got the lead, good luck to you. So it's frustrating. Um 
As I mentioned at the beginning of the Sun Ranto Show today, um, you could be listening to the Sun Ranto Show early and ad-free. Um, how? By joining us at patreon.com slash sunranto. Uh, you get the show early. You get your own uh, RSS feed, which is completely ad-free. And uh, also, like when we do separate preview episodes, you can tune into those live uh, when we do those. Um, you get access to our show notes, info about the pitching matchups and what's going on with the Cubs opponent in that next series. Uh, plus, you get to go onto the Super Ranchers page, uh, the Sun Rancher Super Ranchers page on Facebook. We have uh, post show and uh, sometimes post game discussions. Um, you get the Cubs music. You can get your name uh, at the end of the show as a supporter of the Sun Rancho Show. There's perks at every level. Uh, plus, 10% of the the money that we get goes right to the Lost Boys Baseball Program, where we help kids in Chicago play baseball, and we help build our community. So, final plea, if you uh, would buy each one of us a beer a year at Wrigley Field for doing this show, well, that's joining at, let's say, the 3 or $4 level. So join us. $5 a month. That's all we ask. And uh, we'll keep bringing Sun Ranto Show to you. Um, the ads that we do don't pay shit. Uh, Patreon is the only way we keep the lights on at the podcast. God's honest truth. The ads are garbage to us. So please join us. Keep this Cubs podcast on the air. It's all up to you. Um, all the money goes right back into the show, to the StreamYard app, to the events we host, hosting for our website and the podcast and advertising and tickets and batteries and mics and headphones and all the shit we got to buy, okay? Help us out. Become a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. The link to subscribe is in the podcast notes of this episode. So just click on it. Join up. You'll never hear an ad again. You'll never hear me asking you to join Patreon again because you already did it, okay? So patreon.com slash sunranto, patreon.com slash sunranto, patreon.com slash sunranto. Do it now. Back to the show. Both teams are uh, ab about average as far as committing errors goes. And uh, the Cubs and the Pirates, Pirates are tied with a defensive efficiency ratio of 694, which you're moving towards that like kind of benchmark of 700 which you like to see, but you're still b below league average right now, as far and as that's, the Cubs you know. And, and and remember, the Cubs last year won the first ever Team Gold Glove Award for having yeah. the best defense. So I don't know what happened there. I think his name might be <laughs> David Bodie, <laughs> the unanimous choice, the unanimous the choice to be the second baseman of this baseball team. Even though Nico Horner makes amazing plays in short right field and then turns around and doubles off uh, whoever, whatever Cardinal was wandering off second base at that point. That you know, you, you know that play the oh, that yeah. six that six four, no no yep. four six four six double play to Javi. All I keep thinking about is is just sitting there. I, I dream of of having my Cubs con tickets and I'm just waiting in line to ask Jed Hoyer. What made David Bodie the unanimous decision for second base? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. If I you don't. are on Cubs Twitter, Cubs Twitter is is literally like a royal rumble. Every day somebody's insulted or upset about something. But the one goddamn thing that unifies us all is is the fact that Nico Horner should have been the second baseman to start this year. Yeah. And then 
You, then you say, all right, well, Bodie plays third, and you got uh, you, now you got Brian in the outfield uh, some of the time, uh, especially against lefties. But um, you know, then you'd even rather see uh, Duffy than Bodie. Right. You know, so it's just like all around. I mean, just like why does this guy keep getting playing time? It's like he's not good. He's not good. He had that one home run that everybody will remember. And then just he should have just faded off into obscurity as a you know, but no he's a he's a decent bench bat you know that's who I want to see coming off the bench in a big moment I think he, that is what he should be used as and that he would be really good at and give you some exciting moments and do the right thing in those moments because he's a good hitter sometimes but he gets exposed when you're he's up there four times a game out there in the fields trying to do stuff he's incapable of. Not, all right, I picked a David Bodie enough all year. I'm going to leave him alone for a little bit. Sorry, everybody. So uh, game one is Arietta on the mound, 4-4 four and four with a 446 ERA. I always love seeing Jake Arietta on the mound in Pittsburgh. Reminds me so much of the 2015 wild card game. Whatever helps you sleep through the night, you know, Jake was not at all nervous or rattled about the Pirates were going to say all sorts of little chants, and he shut them down and crushed their hopes and dreams, and they've been in the basement ever since. Yeah, I got a beer, th- a full beer can thrown at my head during that game. The Pirates <laughs> fans were so mad, dude. So, uh, yeah, and he's faced, Jake's faced Pittsburgh twice already. He went six innings twice. He won both games. And uh, he only gave up uh, three runs in those 12 innings. So that was way back in early April. And then last time he went out there was against D.C. in the lost, in the loss. And um, four uh, gave up four earned runs. I mean, he didn't pitch great. He only had two strikeouts. In fact, like, if you see, look at it, ever since he struck out eight against Milwaukee, who strikes out a lot on April 25th, he's not striking out anybody. Uh, two, and then, they, well, in the, he only went three innings and gave up seven runs in that game against Cincinnati uh, in Cincy. That was a, a rough one. But um, the against Detroit, he only had one strikeout in six innings pitch. So pitch to contact, Jake. Uh, can be a dangerous thing, but maybe not against the Pirates that much. Right, got to got to get that defense cooking behind him. You know, if, if that's the game, it's going to be because um, you you can't have uh, those balls sneaking through the infield and having the Pirates put up runs that way. You know, just death by a thousand paper cuts. Right, and and, and then the game two starter is well, Trevor. Like, well, First, let me put up uh, what the Pirates do against him. Is they're, they're not good, uh, but Gregory Polanco likes to hit off. He's got three home runs. I just wanted to bring that up, and it's kind of good that Colin Moran's out of there right now for for the situation because he hits Jake pretty well. It's got an eight fifty seven OPS, but uh, and they don't know who they're going to throw out there. Has it announced? I have not seen it announced. No, uh, no, still T- Tittles Baron Dinglehofer, TBD. <laughs> And then, yeah, game two, as you were about to mention, Trevor Williams, the former Pirate. He's already pitched against Pittsburgh twice, too. Um, did you know his dad's a Cubs fan, grew up a Cubs fan? Are you serious? I did not Dead know Dead serious. Well, and when Trevor pitched on April 11th in Pittsburgh, it didn't go well. In 3.1 innings, he gave up five runs on 10 hits. So, ugh. That was not a fun one for him. And then he pitched against Pittsburgh in Chicago, and he only went four innings in 83 pitches. So they kind of wore him out. 
Only gave up two runs, had six Ks, which you like to see, but gave up a homer. And anyway, Trevor, you just hope he writes his own ship. Um, I mean, last time he went out there, it was okay. You know, he didn't pitch deep into the game, just four and two thirds, two runs, five Ks. I mean, ERA is under six now. I'll give him that much. <laughs> um, and we my, we obviously saw him when he was uh, in Detroit and got shelled. Yeah, he got shelled. And uh, uh, Pirates versus Williams, I mean, they haven't seen him much because he used to be on their team. And um, they, they liked it, man. Uh, you know, did only uh, uh, Ka'ai Tom. Uh, there, I believe he's their left fielder. Has a home run off of him, but you know, in that game, and the few times that they faced him, the the Pirates overall are batting three eighty three, uh, <laughs> with a four fifty five OBP off of Williams. So that's that's ugly. So they they know how to put it in play against him somehow. And then he's going up against Crow, not the D Crow, Crow but a, oh. a, a Will Crow is the guy's name. He's got a 491 earn run average. Um, the last time he went out there was May 20th against Atlanta. Gave up four in five. Uh, faced Chicago twice, too. And uh, one time in relief, and that was uh, on April 3rd, gave up a run. And then um, in relief, and then he started against the Cubs and went six and only gave up uh, two runs, but the Pirates lost anyway. Uh, three to two. I mean, look, when you, you know, they obviously Alzelay's looked great. You know what I mean? He's looked great this season. And, and when you take a look, uh, Chip Paleo mentions it. He's the weakest link of the whole staff. Trevor Williams has got to do something. I mean, this is not a good team. They don't have a lot of offense. They're missing their two best hitters. Like, you, dude, you can't go four innings. You can't go three innings. This This guy's got to sit there and, I am very happy with the way the bullpen's been. But you overuse them too much or you overexpose them too much, that's when you run into problems. Yeah. And you can't expect them to, to pick up six or five inning ga- wins all the time. That's they ridiculous. get tired. They get tired too, you know. Just to, it's like it's 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 one thing. And you, I think you've made a good point in the past. As like, you know, you want to use those guys in rotation. You don't want to use all of them every night because that's right. what's happening. It's like you want to use three guys. If you can get the seventh, eighth, and ninth, out of your bullpen, and then you rotate who those three dudes are that are getting that seventh, eighth, and ninth, and you got, you know, six, seven dudes that can all, like, rotate in and do it. But if you're using five dudes, then the next night they're tired. And, yeah, Grant, you're not going to win all the games, or you, you know. But still, like, you got an entire – I mean, Davies isn't going long in the games. Williams isn't going long in the games. So, and, uh, you know, you don't even expect more than five or six out of Arietta, you know, and a good day because he's old. But, um, <laughs> Crow, I mean, Crow, he's only got the, you know, as I said, just the two games against the Cubs. And, uh, you know, Cubs didn't really do anything off of him. Uh, they don't even have a single extra base hit. So that scares you a little bit. You know, you got Williams, uh, who got shelled last time he was in Pittsburgh. And you got Crow, who, uh, for whatever reason, you know, to to uh, the Cubs, he's Cy Young. Yeah, but it's it's frustrating. So it, this it's been frustrating to watch the Cubs against the Pirates. I mean, it started off with that bad opening day. You know what I mean? Where we were all like teary eyed and weepy to be back in Wrigley, and then that lasted like all of like two innings before the Cubs started stinking it up against the Pirates. So hopefully, like I said, this is the this is the series where they kind of take care of business. 
Yeah, well, and then in the uh, the last game of this year, uh, on it's an eleven thirty five start. But the first games are at like five thirty five, so there's not at six thirty there. That's five thirty here. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, Hendo's going out there for the 1135 start. And that's right. It's like breakfast time still <laughs> on a freaking Thursday. Uh, and he's faced Pittsburgh twice as well already. Uh, he went three innings on April 1st in a loss and, uh, gave up three runs. And, um, why did he get pulled from that so early? 63 pitch. He just didn't have it, right? Was no, that? I didn't it have it. He was just really struggling. Yeah, and then uh, when he went that was out- the sixty three pitches was opening day. They already hit him up. Uh, Key Brian Hayes hit a home run. I mean, he was he was just struggling to get out of it. It was, it was literally twenty. You know, your first start, you don't want to sit there. Have he's going twenty inning, twenty pitches an inning. I think yeah. he had a really long first inning too that really hurt him. Yeah. So and uh, Cubs ended up losing that one five to three, and then uh. Uh, he went out there on May 9th against Pittsburgh at Wrigley as well. This will be his first time. Uh, so this is the first time we're getting road Hendricks in Pittsburgh. Jesus, and, I just I just realized I was at both of those games, the April 1st and the May 9th. Yeah, and it's rough, dude, because <laughs> uh, the, he gave up six runs, although only four earned, only three strikeouts in five innings. But they got you know nine hits off of him and 88 pitches, only went five. That was also a struggle, so that's worrisome. And then um, here's the Pirates against Hendricks. They like it, you know. They're uh, the only home runs. I mean, two for Gregory Polanco, two for Adam Frazier, and uh, one for Moran, who's not going to be there. But man, Adam Frazier loves it. He's batting four sixty two. Gregory Polanco's batting three fifty three. I mean, you know, some of their their dudes they really like the slow stuff. I'm going to pick Adam Frazier on Thursday for my beat the streak and watch he will get go hitless. I promise you. <laughs> You'll never win. And uh, then uh, Tyler Anderson, former Rocky, is going to go out there for Pittsburgh on in the morning of Thursday. And we've seen him up three times already. Jeez. It's only freaking two months in. We've already seen one pitcher three times. That's in, it, It's just really stupidly scheduled this year against Pittsburgh. Um He's given up three runs twice against us and went five and five and a third. We got a lot of hits off him. We got ten hits off him on April eighth. Um, so we we beat him twice, and then uh, he beat us, and he pitched a great game uh, in Chicago on May ninth. He went eight innings, gave up two runs, uh, struck out six. But man, he had our number, hundred two pitches. That was in Chicago, though. So. He pitched pitch well that day. He's a lefty. Um, Cubs, let's see. They, you know, they do okay off of him though. You know, Rizzo's batting three eighty nine. Bryant's batting four thirty eight with three home runs. So Jock Peterson likes it. He's five for thirteen, three eighty five. Um, Javi, eight thirty three OPS and a dong. So hopefully we get the Anderson from the first two games and not the Anderson from the. The, from the last time we saw him, because he was good. It was one of the Pirates' four wins against us. And um, I don't know. He looks like a pretty – I mean, the eye test says like he's a good pitcher. So temperature check. What do you see happening here in the series right now? Well, I'll tell you what I want to happen, and I think I speak for all of us when I say I, I want to sweep. You've just taken two or three. You got your off day. You can come back. 
with a triumphant road trip. You can come back to Wrigley on Friday uh, to face the Reds, who you're pretty evenly matched with, and you could have a good, you know, a sweep, some momentum. Like, let's put up some numbers. Let's get into first place. Let's hold it. You know, like that's what I'm looking to happen. I mean, this is a shitty team. Like, step on some necks. They're without their two best players, and you're facing. No, you're facing. We don't even know who we're facing tomorrow. Which you know that's going to be a trouble game. <laughs> so you got you got the Cubs sweeping. I am going to take. I'm going to have the Cubs taking two of three. I am just not confident with Trevor Williams. I'm just going to say not confident at all. Uh, I think that the Cubs win the Hendricks start because if there's one guy that looks like he wakes up in the morning at eight o'clock every day, regardless, just to do the crossword puzzle, it's Kyle Hendricks. So I got like that. So I think they're taking two or three. And they're going to lose the middle game, is what you're saying. On Tuesday. Correct. Or on Wednesday. That is my prediction. All right. Well, I'm going Cubs sweep. Um, and you know I was right last time. I completely 100% right about – and I usually am. I'm usually right about everything. You I thought say, so. that the Cubs were going to hit Adam Wainwright pretty well. And they didn't. But they they did win. <laughs> you were confident that they were going to go in there and win, and Michael and I were not. Yeah, I'm pissed that wasn't a sweep. I, I, was, I, was, I was more – mad about the loss than I was happy about the wins. But that's also my personality. Oh, so. no. Anytime you take two or three from St. Louis and 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 the fact is is you beat the shit out of them one game, which was enjoyable as hell to watch that, that eight-run eighth. And then you sit there and you walk them. You didn't walk them off, but you get that big home run in the 10th of that scoreless game. And, and you know, like I said, the whole game – you got uh, you got those guys just extolling everything great about St. Louis, and then all of a sudden, Javi shut them up, and it was great. Yeah, God, they're in love with Arenado. He does it again. Arenado, the king of third. I mean, the dude's good, but, like, settle down. Um, so a couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, I'm going to be hitting the Steve Goodman post office real soon. I'm going to be going down there. And uh, if you want this cool poster, I only have a few left, and or this really cool Bleacher Bum Band Rock shirts, uh, which I also only have a few of, uh, what you can do for pretty instantaneous shipping is go to sunranto.com slash Bleacher Bum Band, and I'm going to drop the link in the chat. Oh, there, I'm dropping it. And you can buy it there. And... Um, it's 30 bucks. Each one's 30 bucks. It helps keep our band going. And also, it's a cool thing to have. So, the, the I got to tell you, I love the poster. I already have mine framed and it's ready to go. The poster is not like cheapy. It's like, it's really like a, uh, it's really like a professionally done poster. It's a rock poster. It's awesome. Uh, I guess let's backtrack one second. Dominic really would like us to talk about the fair foul ball that Arenado picked up. Um, I didn't see that play. It, I heard it on the radio, and they were baffled, like why he would, why that, why he did it that way. I guess he picked it up. It was foul, and then it went back fair, and then he touched it. My so it, it, they they were watching it. It's rolling up the line, and the second Arenado felt that it was foul, he just kind of scooped it up. And it was like, why wouldn't you just let it roll some more? You know what I mean? So he sees it in his eyes go foul, immediately scoops it up, and the umpire didn't signal foul ball yet. Right. So that was really what it was. And and they were hot too. They they didn't 
you know, but whatever. You did it wrong, dude. And it, it was kind of nice to see it happen to the golden boy Arenado make a stupid error like that. But Right. I, I mean, it, it, it was weird. Like, you know, I, I'm wondering if he maybe thought it was going to roll back fair and just kind of grabbed it before it had a chance to. I don't know what the what the, what the play was there but it was it was one of those gosh I, you know i'm i'm stealing from uh what you call his name Zach Zaidman, funkiest plays of the game the funko funkiest play yeah. of the game where i'm like what the hell happened there you, you know it was weird sounded like a weird brain fart random thing that happens that you know i don't think it you know bodes badly for anybody it's just a weird situation um yeah, it's uh, Nick G says it was foul, but he should have waited for the ump call. Yeah, and uh, Guy Sirius says the ball was rolling foul. That actually started to roll back when he grabbed it. Yeah, it's just like his brain probably just farted there, it's, it seems like. He didn't really – because that doesn't happen too often where a ball is foul and starts uh, rolling back fair. So – Error Nado, though, it works really well as a pun, so I'm hoping that it continues to happen to him throughout the season. Um, and Carrie asks, uh, didn't he have more than one error? I don't know because um, I think he, he, I don't think he was the issued one was an on error. Yachty. It was on Yachty, yeah. It was on Yachty. So, um, but I did call him Error Nado there any, either way. So, uh, yeah, so Bleacher Bum Band shirt. You get that, the Bleacher Bum Band uh, poster. You get that, sunranzo.com slash Bleacher Bum Band. And speaking of Bleacher Bum Band, June 19th at G-Man. I just got word. I was hanging out there on Thursday. Good friend Tom told me that once, that if you get, basically we're open. We can do, we can uh, pack the place if we want. If you're vaccinated, come to the G-Man Tavern. You can just have a picture of your vaccination card on your phone or bring it with your laminate your card or whatever. It's proof of vaccination. You're going to get a wristband, I think, is how they're going to use it. And then we're open, open for business. If you're not vaccinated, you can come, but you got to wear a mask and you got to sit there. So get your vaccinations. And And I I cannot tell you how hard that is. I struggled with that on opening day. I'm vaccinated, but, oh, boy, was I a mess. Yeah, yeah, dude, you were incapable of being able to follow the COVID protocol rules, but <laughs> but it, we had fun and nobody got COVID, so we're good. And then, um, so June nineteenth, I, I believe those tickets, uh, there's still tables for sale, like they're pod tables. So if you want to buy a table, you can still get one, I think, on gman.com, um, and then click events and you'll find it. So June nineteenth, that'll be a lot of fun, and. Uh, I think it's 12 bucks. And the last thing I want to say is kind of an idea that we came up with just the other day. And I know a lot of you people that listen uh, have been to Ivy Envy's tail. I know Crowley and I have been there, the tailgate that they've done at Miller park. And I was, and I kind of circled a date um, a while back when the schedule came out of uh, September 18th to maybe do something on that Saturday. It's a 4 PM start out in uh, Milwaukee. I'm going to call up and see what I can do about getting like group tickets and try to, you know, get a bunch of people out there. I know a lot of listeners of our show and and people that watch it are from uh, uh, Wisconsin. And I know you're, you spent a lot of time up there, Crawley, but I I was thinking maybe we do like a little bleacher bum band show up there. 
we got to figure out a way to, you know, get some generators going and stuff, but I'm sure we can work something out and uh, live podcast, anyway, <laughs> live podcast. Well, yeah, we'll do something up there because we, the, the things at four o'clock so we can get up there, you know, 11 o'clock and just, I mean, I have some people, I bet you won't even make it into the game if we get there too <laughs> early. <laughs> That's how that goes. Uh, so anyway, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, I got one thing to circle, plug. Circle the date. I got one thing to plug here right now. Uh, I'm part of a memorabilia group, and I'm putting it in the chat right there. If you go on Facebook groups and look under the Cubs group, c.u.b.s.group, uh, we do a lot of memorabilia stuff, and it's a lot of fun. We got an awesome Harry Carey Peoria bobblehead resin right now. So it's a fun group, and if you like to kind of mix it up and try to win some – Pretty expensive bobbles for, you know, it's, it's like a lottery system. It's a lot of fun. So if you're a memorabilia person, swing on by there and see what happens. Cool. And I forgot to show this picture. Uh, we have access to this party bus as well to go to Milwaukee. It's a Monsters of the Midway uh, party bus that's uh, driven by our drummer Mike's friend. So he's like, yeah, dude. He's like, Mike's already on it. He's like, he's like, dude, you, will you drive us to Milwaukee and we can all party in the bus? And he's like, oh, hell yeah. I mean, so he's down. So we'll, we'll get some details, but I think we should make that happen 100%. And so, yeah, Absolutely. go in that, go in that bobblehead. And the last thing I want to say is uh, to support us because the reason we can do all this stuff is because you support us at patreon.com slash sunrise. So you get the show early ad free, uh, there's perks at all the levels. I'm about to do another photo dump of some of my best photos from the games. Um, I'm doing those from time to time. If you subscribe at a certain level, you get the Bleacher Bum Band music at a certain level, everything that we do. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's how we keep the lights on at the show and pay for StreamYard and pay to come to you live and for tickets and for beer and, um, even like the fancy dancy show notes, I even put those in the Patreon uh, feed, so you can even read uh, what we were supposed to say that didn't say that we didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> so, or um, how I can't spell really, as you'll learn that too. So, patreoncom sunranto, Please support us; it's just a buck a month, and um, and you can um, make make us very happy. There's 104 people that support us, and uh, I'm hoping for a few more. That'd be great. Um, so, uh, why don't we do uh, pinch this episode off? And I, I, by the way, it, Michael Cotton alert. I got we got it in our text thread. I don't know if you saw. Michael says I'm in Colorado. So I don't he know is literally means. high cotton. Yeah. Oh shit. High Old times that are not forgotten. Yeah, he is literally high. He told us he was going on vacation. I forgot about that. Oh, and Matt Cameron also texted me in the middle of the show. He says, I'm working, man. Let me know the next time and we can make it happen. So we're going to hear some stories about Matt Cameron in a luxury box with Craig Kimbrell's dad, which I think is going to be good. So um, <laughs> TFC, TFC. Oh, and last bit of Cubs news I forgot to mention is that they signed this guy, Tyler Leidendorf, who uh, get excited uh, because He's from Park Ridge, Illinois, <laughs> and he went to Maine West High School in Des Plaines. So if he does make it to this team, because uh, he's just basically depth in the minor leagues, he's 33 years old, played for the A's a little bit. He's not very good. If he made the team, something terrible went happen, it happened to the Cubs, just so you all know. <laughs> um, but let Ladendorf now in the Cubs system. Get excited, people. Um, TFCs, what do you got? I got Anything? nothing, buddy. All right. I got I got two. Okay. 
First, I saw this on Facebook, and it is a picture of Matt Carpenter's salsa, St. Louis-style salsa. And, um, of course, it has an expiration date used by October 2019 because he's been terrible since. Found that very funny. And uh, the last and the only other one I have of TFCs is the Chicago Cubs just the other day wished Eric Sogard a happy birthday. And they said, happy birthday at Eric Sogard. And um, at known formerly uh, on Twitter uh, replied and said, got him a card. And, of course, it's a picture of a COVID-19 vaccination card. Nice. Which I thought was brilliant. And I told him so. I said, that is funny. Congratulations. You're a funny man. So there's our show, man. I don't think we've done a show this short. It feels weird. I'm like, God, now what do we do? But, you know, uh, you, you, you beat the Cardinals two or three. You're playing a shitty team. Then you got the Reds coming to town back to Wrigley. You know, I, I say we save it for another day. We got lots of shows coming up. Probably the next one will be Thursday night at 8 o'clock. And uh, you catch us there. I'm going to try to get a Reds preview in there with the new Nasty Boys because they're a lot of fun to hang out with. Going back and forth with them, trying to get a, a time. So look for that. That's also, if you want to watch that live when we do the pre- preview episodes, that's only for Patreon supporters as well. Dominic so. Galoro says, it can't be over yet. That means there's plenty of time for you, Dominic, to get over to the Cubs group and join the Raz. Dominic has come so close to winning. He is... He has come so close to winning, and and not yet. I, I got a feeling tonight might be the night. Yeah, good luck, Dominic. So, <laughs> as uh, as David Kaplan would say, Spookog or go Cubs backwards. I I agree with that sentiment, Spookog. <laughs> Spookog. No fighting in the bleachers. There's no fighting in the bleachers. There's no fighting in the bleachers. There is no fighting in the bleachers. What did your mama teach you? There is no fighting in the bleachers. So take that shit outside. There is no fighting in the bleachers. What did your mama teach you? There is no fighting in the bleachers. So take that shit
Put your put your phone away. Oh yeah. Yeah, buddy. Walk away, guys. Guys, walk your phone right away. You're, not, you're on private property. You don't have permission to videotape anyone. No, no you put no. it away. No, you don't. You put it away right now. There's no fighting in the bleachers. There's no fighting in the bleachers. There's no fighting in the bleachers. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, 
propels us forward and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.